Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Roundup. Today I'm joined by the People's Party of Canada leader, Maxime Bernier. Welcome back to episode 18 of Conservative Roundup, everyone. Today I'm joined by Maxime Bernier, the leader of the PPC, the People's Party of Canada. Thank you for being here, Mr. Bernier. How are you? Thank you very much. Very well. Very good. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? But first of all, you know, um, I'm a father of two daughters, uh, Charlotte and Megan, and um, I was in the private sector before being in politics. I was VP for uh, financial institutions, a national bank, and uh, also another insurance uh, corporation based uh, in Montreal. So um, I work in the private sector, and in 2006, um, I had a meeting with Stephen Harper. At that time, he was the leader of the opposition in Canada, uh, the conservative leader of the opposition. And so uh, he asked me to run, and people in my riding in Bose, my former riding in Bose, asked me to run. And I decided to move to Bose. Bose, it's about an hour south of Quebec City, uh, on the border of the state of Maine and up to uh, near Quebec City. It's a half rural, half urban riding. And my dad was MP there uh, for 13 years under Brian Mulroney as a conservative uh, member of parliament. So I went back in Bowes. Uh, I was uh, successful. 2006, I've uh, been elected for the first time and was interested minister. And we did a very uh, um, big deregulation in the telecom industry. That was a big achievement for me and for my team. And I've been moved to uh, Foreign Affairs, Minister of Foreign Affairs for one year. And after that, uh, Minister for Small Business and Tourism, Minister for State for um, Minister of State for Agriculture. And so I had different position, uh, different portfolio position with uh, the upper government. And as you may know, in 2015, the Conservatives uh, didn't win. And, um, and we had the leadership for, for the Conservative Party at that time. And in 2017, I didn't win with 49% of the vote. And so um, uh, with that program and that platform that was very popular with the conservative uh, member, with the conservative members, uh, it, was, um, it was the best uh, uh, thing to do after that for me uh, to uh, resign as a conservative and to uh, form and create the People's Party. And our first election was in 2019. Uh, I wasn't able to keep my seat in Bose. So I can tell you that I will be back there at the next general election uh, for being reelected, elected. And um, but uh, for one year, I think we did very well uh, as a party. Uh, it took 20 years and six elections for the Green Party of Canada to have more than 1.6 percent of the vote. We did that our first year. And I'm pretty sure that uh, we'll be able to elect some candidates at the next general election. And we will increase our percentage of the vote also. So it's, uh, it's a process that it can be a, a little bit slow for somebody. But, you know, I'm very happy. We are the, now the real uh, conservatives, alternatives in Canada. Like I said before, the Conservative Party of Canada is not conservative anymore with the new leader, Aaron, Aaron O'Toole. So I think it's, um, and now um, I'm uh, working for being sure that we'll have a candidate in every riding for the next general election. And we are uh, calling for candidates. We have a process there. And um, I'm pretty sure that we'll be able to have uh, 338 candidates at the next general election. 
Wow. Yeah, it is very, definitely, a def, the PPC has definitely caught a lot of wind in the last couple of years. It definitely, I've definitely, it's definitely changed my mind on how I, how I see politics today. I'll, I'll put it as that. Why did you uh, want to start, go start in politics? Why did you want to get uh, into it? Yeah, because, you know, I believe in freedom, in free markets, in capitalism. And uh, I wanted to be sure to have a smaller government in Ottawa. Uh, you know, I don't think that the federal government must interfere in provincial jurisdiction and in our day-to-day -day life. And that's why I went into politics in 2006. I said to uh, Stephen Harper, he uh, asked me some advice to be able to win seats in Quebec. And at that time in 2006, I told him, you know, there's two important um, commitment uh, that you must uh, take to be sure to have some support in Quebec and outside Quebec. And I told him, first, you must respect the Constitution. Uh, the federal government is interfering in provincial jurisdiction. And uh, if you respect the Constitution, we will have a constitutional peace under your leadership. And we had that. And the second one was to lower taxes to everybody. And we did it. So uh, it was good for Quebec, but it was good also for every uh, other province. So, uh, and that's why I went into politics because I believe in individual freedom and personal responsibility. And I think that you must not do any compromise with these uh, principles. For sure. Thank you. And growing up and starting in politics, who were your, your main political inspirations like figures? Yeah, it was uh, a little bit Ronald Reagan, but uh, I admired um, uh, in the UK. Uh, Mr. Uh, Thatcher, uh, you know, because I like her, uh, she did all the reforms that uh, needs to be needed to be done and needed to be done at that time, and um, and without any hesitation. And she uh, she said also, you know, uh, as an active politician, she said that uh, the word that she didn't like it's consensus, and she said, you know, when you have good principles. You don't know. You don't do any uh, uh, any compromise with your uh, principles. You don't do any uh, any. You don't have to do any consensus. And what she did in politics, she believed in a free markets and freedom in individual personality. And when she took power, the first mandate, uh, UK, uh, they had at that time a huge uh, recession. And, uh, and so she changed that, uh, believing in her principles and putting her principle into action. So that's why I, I like her. Ronald Reagan was mostly speaking like a, a libertarian or free market guys, but uh, he increased the size of the government. Uh, uh, Clinton uh, cut uh, uh, more, did more cuts than, than Reagan. Uh, Reagan had a good way to speak. But uh, the achievement on the economy uh, and being sure that the federal government in Washington uh, would, have, would be uh, uh, smarter, uh, that was not an achievement of Ronald Reagan. But I appreciate the way that he was speaking. That's why I prefer Margaret Thatcher. She was a principal politician. She did the tough fights. And uh, she, didn't, uh, she didn't do any politics by polling. You know, she had strong conviction, and our goal was to explain that and to uh, to speak to uh, her uh, uh, population and explaining why we should need a reform and which kind of reform. Um, and so that's why I, I, I really uh, um, appreciate what she did as a prime minister.
for sure. It, coming back to what you said about the Conservative Party, where it's going, how would you say it's gone from from Stephen Harper to Rona Ambrose to Andrew Shearer now Arnold Sold? Where do you where do you think it's going with that? Well, it's going far left, and and actually, um, Aaron O'Toole said that he said, you know, we want to have more support in Quebec, more support in the GD in Ontario, more support also in uh, BC, in Vancouver. And he said the way to do that is to uh, do compromise with our principal and, and not being a conservative anymore. So uh, he uh, and he said that the party must be a centrist, a central left party. So that's what uh, he is doing. So that that's good for us at, at the PPC because we're the only real free markets and, and conservative uh, political party in Canada. So uh, he will do like uh, Sheer did at the last election. That was the same strategy. And, um, and, and it, didn't, it didn't work. And I'm pretty sure that it won't work. Uh, so that's why I'm saying to people, you know, don't waste your vote with the Conservative Party of Canada. That party is morally and intellectually corrupt. Uh, that party is not conservative anymore. Uh, they believe in a in huge deficit and huge debt. Uh, they won't balance the budget. O'Toole said that it would take 10 years to balance the budget. So between you and me, 10 years, it's uh, three mandates. So uh, it won't happen. It is uh, O'Toole is like uh, Trudeau. Uh, so it's like Trudeau on a lot of issues, uh, uh, pipelines. Uh, he wants to use the Constitution, the Section 9210 in our Constitution, to be sure to build pipelines in this country uh, because it's under the jurisdiction of the federal government. So we can do that at the federal level, but O'Toole won't use that. Uh, he won't uh, uh, cut the equalization and having a new formula for uh, the equalization formula to be fair for every uh, province. And so, uh, and so uh, out west, the Western alienation will, will still be there. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about that. Uh, about 30% of the population in Alberta uh, wants to be uh, separate from the federal government. So we need to do something about that. And they have good, uh, they, they, they have good, uh, uh, resentment that are uh, uh, very, you know, uh, I, I, I understand their, their point of view. I understand what they are feeling right now because we don't respect the Constitution. Uh, the equalization formula is unfair. We must change the formula and be less generous and give uh, the right incentives to every province in this country to uh, build their economy. So, so that's part of our platform. That's not part of the platform of the uh, Conservative Party. Same thing for climate change. You know, they're like the Liberals and the NDP and the Green Party. Uh, they, 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 they want and they will tax. Uh, uh, they will have a carbon tax. Uh, they will. Uh, they are signing and they said that they will keep in the Paris Accord. We're the only party who won't sign the Paris Accord. Uh, you know, it's not a, a mandatory uh, uh, treaty. Uh, you know, China and India uh, signed it, but at the end, they didn't do anything uh, to fight climate change. And we think that uh, the environment in Canada, under our constitution, is a shared jurisdiction with provinces. And so if a province wants to do something to fight climate change, good for, for, for that province. But uh, at the federal level, we will focus on other uh, other things uh, and uh, help to have a cleaner environment, cleaner uh, lake and rivers. And uh, and so there's a lot of things to do, but we won't fight climate change. So answering your question, uh, and Aaron O'Toole and Justin Trudeau are the same on a lot of subjects. That's why I'm saying 
uh, I think that Canadians will prefer to vote for the real Liberal and they will vote for Justin Trudeau at the next general election or, or, or another leader if Justin Trudeau is not the leader of the Liberal Party at that time. For sure. And do you think that Aaron Tools played into Justin Trudeau's hand? Uh, uh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. He said that his goal is to split the liberal, the liberal vote, uh, and uh, he's doing that. So they're, they're, they're having the same uh, policies on a lot of issues, like I just said. And um, but I think you know you won't be successful doing that. Uh, you, you must, uh, you know, we have the right ideas, we have the right policies, and we must speak about it uh, with passion and with conviction. And that's what we will do, I will do, and our candidates will do at the national election. Our only challenge for us is uh, the mainstream media. The mainstream media is not covering us right now. I think they will during the election because uh, uh, the mainstream media is uh, liberal. And so uh, the more coverage we'll have, uh, they will think it will hurt the conservatives. So, um, so we'll see uh, what will happen. But for me, as soon as I can, I will uh, travel and be back on the road and build the party like uh, I did. I was on the road the last uh, week. I was in Alberta to meet our people over there. That was a very good uh, trip and uh, I had a very good conference. So so I, I think that Justin Trudeau and Aaron O'Toole are the same. Yeah, for sure. And in recent months, you've joined the End of Lockdown Cox. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and why you yeah, joined? Yes, I was really pleased to receive a call from Randy Hillier. Randy uh, decided to do that uh, and the Lockdowns Caucus, National Caucus, and he asked me uh, and Derek Sloan also. We had our first meeting uh, two months ago, and now the caucus is growing. Why uh, are we doing that? Because uh, we want uh, politicians and former politicians to speak out and, and to, to be the real opposition. There's no opposition in Ottawa or in every uh, province against lockdowns. And we know that lockdowns are hurting more than the virus itself. So it must stop. There's a lot of experts, medical experts, that are, are saying that, you know, uh, lockdown or not, that's not the way to fight the virus. And so, and, and so we, we, we formed that caucus. And also, we have maybe up to now maybe 50 uh, members. Uh, every uh, politicians at the federal, provincial, or municipal levels can be a member of that caucus or former politicians. So um, it's, it's growing, it's going well. And we have a petition on our website, libertycoalitioncanada.com, and about 35,000 people signed that petition. Uh, so they agree with us. And I think, you know, I, I started to speak against lockdown um, a couple of months ago. Uh, I think eight months ago, I did a video against lockdown. And in Quebec here, it is worse than, uh, uh, than uh, outside Quebec. Uh, we have a curfew, uh, so you cannot go out from 9.30 p.m. until 5 a.m. Uh, and uh, a strong uh, lockdowns. So I spoke against that uh, earlier, and now I'm uh, pretty optimistic because uh, more people are, are kind and, uh, and they have the courage to speak against that, and so that's important. When all these uh, lockdowns will end, I think it will uh, this spring or early this summer, we must be sure that any government in Canada 
will do that again next September. Uh, it's not a way to fight uh, a virus. Uh, these uh, lockdowns were an experiment, but an experiment that failed. And we that's why it's important to, to speak out, to be out there. And our goal is to change the public opinion on, on, on these uh, lockdowns. Mm -hmm, for sure. And coming coming back to what you said, the, the Quebec curfew, why do you think Francois Legault's put in a curfew that that's unconstitutional? Well, you're right. It's unconstitutional. It's illegal. Uh, it, it is uh, violating our, our freedoms. Uh, he's doing that because, uh, you know, since the beginning of that, uh, Legault and, and also Trudeau and all the other premiers did the press conference every day. And they have the mainstream media that were not asking the real questions. So they were in the news every day speaking about that virus. And they created fears. And people, you know, and also they had a huge budget. I call that not a communication budget, but a propaganda budget. The federal and the provincial government, and they did advertise, and they're still doing that advertising on social media, on radio station, on TV. So they scared the population. And at the point, the population uh, were asking for more, more lockdowns in Quebec and for more. So Lego was following that. That's why it's important to inform the population. That's why it's important to be out there. And, and you know, this virus exists. But at the end, 99% of people who had that virus didn't die. So, and we know that uh, the people who died in Quebec uh, are mostly people living in a long-term uh, senior uh, homes in Quebec. 85% of the deaths are coming from the long-term senior homes. So, so uh, we, but the population must be able to up there. We must be able to go back to church if we want. We must be able to uh, go, at, go back to work. Uh, or the students must be able to uh, go back to school. Uh, so that's why we are uh, doing that and speaking loudly against uh, the lockdowns. For sure. And, uh, and coming back to another thing, if, there, if you had to pick one premier that's handled COVID well without restricting the people's rights, who would you say that premier would be? Or a or, or U.S. governor, either one. But, you know, I look what Florida did. Uh, I think in Florida, in Texas, uh, they opened their economy and everything is open. You know, you, you can uh, go out there without in a, in a restaurant without a mask and everything is open. Uh, so I think the pressure will come from the United States uh, because up to now, I've been told that there's 15 states that opened their economy. Everything is open. Everything is back to normal. And uh, I, I hope that would put pressure on our provincial governments here in Canada. Mm, for sure. And, and just look at, I'm going to use my school as an example. My principal has even gone so far to suspend students that if there's more than one person in the washroom, they get sent home or they get suspended. And it's starting to get unreal to the point that they're just pandering fear in, in schools and they, they're keeping them closed. Teachers are refusing to come back to school and, and they take advantage of, of covid a lot. What what's your reaction? What's your reaction to how the schools are, are going through COVID? 
first of all, that was a mistake to close the schools because we know that the youth are not affected with, with that virus. And, and so, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, they can have the virus, but um, they won't uh, feel any effects. And so, so that's, not that's not dangerous for their life. And uh, what they are doing right now to the students, it's unfair. Um, you know, when you go to university or to college, uh, I, I remember that time. That was one of my best time. You know, we uh, I was playing football, I was studying. Uh, we had we had a social life, and I think that's important in your life. And you build a strong relationship. Uh, my best friends are the one that I had when I was in university. So now, you know, this year and last year. The students won't be able to leave that. They, they're not able to leave that. And that's that. That's that's very hard for them. And uh, and that's why we must end the lockdowns. And I hope next September, all the schools everywhere, uh, I hope that they will be open. Mm. Yeah, because even I'm, I'm from, from Durham's Aaron O'Toole's riding. And you, you look at the Peel and, and the Toronto regions, Doug Ford's approach to the, the schools in Windsor, Windsor, Essex or Peel. And some of them still haven't even opened. And lots of, for example, I'm part of the Durham, so we're part of the red zone here. And you look at the numbers. The numbers are just unreal. Like the government, Michelle Rempel, for example, the conservative health critic, she can't even get any data from PHAC or graphic designer Patty Haidu or, or Prime Minister Justin Trudeau that proves that COVID hotels are effective, lockdowns are effective. There's no, there's no data to show for anything. There's no data because it is not effective and it is not based on science. Uh, you know, we know that it is not based on science. It's an experiment, uh, like I said, and an experiment that failed. So, yes, there's, there's no numbers. And look, so, you know, the COVID, the price and hotel, um, why it's just good for people traveling by by. Uh, by, uh, by by a plane and, and flights and so why when you try cross the border by car you don't have to go to a covid hotel prison uh, you know if it's so important you must have that for everybody crossing our border uh, whatever the, the means they will use you know planes or flights or cars so but no it, it's not efficient they're just doing that to control the, the population i don't know why it's not efficient so uh, these COVID prisons are uh, against our freedom and our rights. And I'm very pleased that, uh, I don't know if you know that, but the justice center prison, prison right now, and, and they are fighting that. Uh, they will be in court uh, this uh, fall uh, and they will win. They will win their case. But, uh, but, but we need to change that before September. For sure. And now, you know, for example, the, the COVID hotels, the, the I believe it was two women that were sexually assaulted in the COVID hotels. Christy, Christy Freeland and Patty Hydu's reaction was basically, if they never traveled, it would have never happened to them. What do you have to say to that? You know, saying something like that, it is, uh, it is not helping uh, people and uh, i think they don't care and, and that that's why uh, she was saying that and, and you know you must care uh, you must care and, and these hotel mm -hmm. uh, they don't control anything the food is not good people are paying two thousand bucks for three days or two days uh, 
uh, it is insane. And, um, and, and, you know, I don't understand a politician like uh, Freeland saying that to uh, that lady. Uh, you know, we, everything, every uh, hotel, prison, prison must end uh, tomorrow uh, as soon as possible. Uh, if you ask for data, you won't have any data on the eff effectiveness of these uh, hotels. For sure. And coming back to another thing, during your, your accomplishments as, as an MP, what would you say is your biggest accomplishment during par during your time in Parliament? Well, I think it was the deregulation in the telecom industry. Uh, it was very hard uh, because uh, I was fighting against the, my deputy minister at that time, uh, and uh, we had to convince every uh, ministers around the table, and I did it. I had their support. And uh, because of that now, the, pre the, the price... Uh, and the cost for a senator uh, is going down since that time. And there's a lot of competition now. So, so that was, I think, my biggest achievement because uh, it was uh, real and concrete in, uh, in your day-to-day -day life, in the day-to-day -day life of Canadians. So um, uh, I was uh, very, uh, very happy to, and I did that fight. Uh, it was a fight because uh, we had uh, pressure groups that were against that. So, and, uh, you know, we needed to educate uh, civil servants and educate uh, uh, the cabinet uh, about that reform. Uh, and it was a big success. So uh, I think that was my biggest achievement as a minister and as a member of parliament. My biggest achievement is, was to uh, uh, be always there to listen uh, my constituents, to listen people uh, from both. You know, I was doing door to doors every two weekends. Uh, I was uh, present in the writing. I like what I was doing. I like to be with people. And I think that uh, the, the 13 years that I was elected member of parliament uh, for both was a privilege for me. And I think um, being with them and serving them, I think I did a very good job. For sure. And, and you did run in the, the York Center 2020 by-election. Is there, an, is there, are you, do you plan on riding in both or camp or running for both again in the next fire election? Is that, is that a riding you're looking at or is there, is there others? Yeah, yeah. For the by election, you're right. For the by election, I decided to run uh, in your center uh, for uh, giving the visibility to the party. Uh, and it went well. I was on the, on the mainstream media in Toronto. So we had a, Good visibility. I think uh, I had four percent of the vote at the end. You know, from 1.6 to four, it's not too bad. Uh, but I knew in the beginning that I was running, and I knew that uh, it would be uh, impossible for me to, to win. But I did that to be able to speak, and I was very uh, happy to say that in our platform when I was running at the time, the most popular uh, policy was ending the lockdowns at that time. So it was uh, November last year. So people were starting to be fed up with that. And that was a policy that was uh, very uh, resonating and people appreciated in, the, in that writing at that time. So, and as you know, right now, we're the only uh, political party in Canada uh, who's fighting against these uh, lockdowns. So that being said, at the next general election, I'll be back in my writing in both and um, I'll do my best to be reelected. Well, for sure. And coming back to another thing, conservatives claim to to say that 
the PPC party splits the vote. What do you have to say about that? I'm saying that we don't split the vote because we're the only conservative party in Canada right now. And if you look at the platform of the uh, fake conservative party, Aaron O'Toole, he's a liberal, a liberal life, but a liberal. Uh, you know, he won't balance the budget, he won't build pipelines, uh, he will sign the Paris Accord, uh, he, he, uh, he will impose a carbon tax, uh, he will fix uh, the equalization formula. I can go on, go on, and go on. So, Aaron O'Toole is splitting the vote. He's splitting, like he said, he's. His goal is to split the liberal vote, and he's doing that right now. So we're not splitting any vote. We're the only uh, real conservative party or right-wing right-wing party right now in Canada. And I'm saying to people, you know, people didn't vote for us at the national election because they were afraid uh, a vote for the PPC were splitting the vote and blah blah blah. You know, at the end, I'm telling them, you know, you voted for the Conservative Party and you had the Liberal. So next time, uh, maybe the Liberal will be back in government. And if the Conservative are back in government, they will govern like the Liberal. So you, you don't need them. And I'm saying to them next time, don't vote against something. Vote for something. Vote in line with your values, with what you believe in. And look at our platform. You can go on our website, peoplespartyofcanada.ca. You'll see our platform. We are doing politics differently because we're doing politics based on principles, individual freedom, personal responsibility, respect and fairness. And all our policies are based on these four principles. So we are doing politics differently. We don't try to pander to any special interest group. We are doing politics for all Canadians. And that's why I think if you want a real change in this country, vote for what you believe in and step by step would be there. And so that's the most important. Don't uh, don't be afraid to split the conservative vote because there's no uh, there's no uh, real co uh, real conservative party in Canada with Aaron O'Toole. Uh, the only conservative party is the PPC right now. So voting for us, it's vo voting in line with your values. Hmm. My next question is going back to the the 2011 and 2015 or the 2015 the 2019 federal elections. Where do you think conservatives have, have gone wrong? Well, they were not conservative. They're not conservative anymore. It's their platform. It's what they believe in. They're afraid. You know, Aaron O'Toole or, or, or Andrew Scheer uh, are not like Margaret Thatcher. You know, Margaret Thatcher, when the first election, uh, speaking about freedom and free speech and free markets, that was not popular. But she decided to speak about it, and she was successful. You know, I'll give you an example. Uh, Prime Minister uh, Maroney, in 1988, he decided to do an election on the free trade. But in the poll, free trade was not popular. All the other political parties were against free trade because it was not popular in the Canadian population. I think 65% of the population were against the free trade at that time. But Moroni said, you know, it's too important for the future of this country. I will do a campaign on that, I will fight, and at the end, I'm pretty sure that the population would be on my side. And he was right. He had the biggest majority ever in Canada, an historical majority from coast to coast to coast in 1988. So 
being a principled politician, you can win. But O'Toole and Sheer are not principled politicians. They're looking at the polls and they are repeating what you want to hear. And so now what is popular is leftist policies. And so they're adopting leftist policies. That's why Erin O'Toole won't be successful. That's why Sheer was not successful. For sure. Now, my next part is I'm, I'm going to name off some politicians and just whatever comes to mind, just say it, okay? That's what we're going to do next. So uh, let's start with Aaron O'Toole. Uh, you know, I don't have anything in mind because <laughs> Aaron O'Toole, uh, I think a flip-flop. A flip-flop because uh, he was wearing a true blue conservative mask during his leadership campaign. And, uh, and uh, 24 hours after that, he just said, you know, I'm not a conservative anymore. I'm a light liberal. So a big flip-flop with Aaron O'Toole. Mm -hmm. Uh, Justin Trudeau. Scandal. Mm -hmm. Christy Freeland. Deficit. Uh, for her, money money is coming for, is falling for guy, and deficit uh, are important to stimulate the economy. But we know that uh, deficit and spending, they are not stimulating the economy. They are sedative for the economy. So, deficit, yeah. Pierre Polyev. Uh, fighting for uh, freedom, but uh, at the end, he won't be successful because I tried that. I did that in the last, uh, when I was running for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada. I didn't win with 49% uh, of the vote. And I tried for 14 months with the establishment of the party to ask them to take some of my ideas. And they said no. So it would be the same for uh, for uh, Pierre Poliev. Uh, and Donald Trump. Uh, uh, fighting uh, against the mainstream media. And uh, that was what he tried to do all his uh, political life. Mm -hmm. Now, coming back to the, the 2019 or the 2020 conservative leadership race, do you think it was a dirty race? There was candidates that were thrown out. Some were disqualified. How do you think the 2020 conservative leadership election went? It, it was like the, the one that I did in 2017. Uh, you know, the establishment had a preferred candidate. At my time, it was in Boucher. And the preferred candidate for the establishment last time was O'Toole. And they did everything. They disqualified some candidates to be sure that O'Toole would be able to win. Uh, and O'Toole was speaking like a real conservative at that time. Uh, but that was not the O'Toole that uh, was running against me. Uh, when he was running against me for the leadership in 2017, he was a liberal light and a red Tory. So he said, you know, what Bernie was saying, it was popular, so I'll speak a little bit like him just to be the leader. And after that, um, I'll, uh, I'll be back to uh, who I am. And uh, who I am, for him, is it's a liberal. So, so the leadership, uh, uh, I think, for the Conservative Party of, of Canada, the most important in the leadership uh, contest is to have more uh, members. And I think they were successful to uh, bring uh, a lot of membership uh, for the uh, for the party, but a lot of these people are disappointed right now. Mm. And it is peculiar how how these leadership elections work because out of the thirteen rounds in the twenty seven leadership election, you you were leading out of those twelve rounds above Andrew Shear, and then on the very last round, Andrew Shear took 
took the lead. How would you say, would you say the conservatives have almost stacked the leadership, how it works, how the election works out? Would you say that it would be rigged or stacked? I turned the page on that on that part. I did my best. We didn't have any proof of that. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I believe that it was a fair race. I still believe that. Uh, maybe it was not a fair race, uh, but we didn't have any proof. Uh, and me, as uh, a candidate that didn't win, uh, I try uh, to have some investigation about the, the last the leadership race that I didn't win, uh, but it was very difficult to have proof of what people were saying at that time. So that's why I decided to support Andrew Scheer and, and be part of his team. Uh, but at the end, uh, Andrew Scheer told me uh, 14 months after the leadership that I was speaking for myself. I didn't have any influence in the Conservative Party and that uh, he said, I won't take any of your ideas uh, that you put forward during the leadership. So that's why at the end, you know, the only thing I achieved the party and, and, and do other things. And I'm very, I'm very pleased and, uh, that uh, we started the People's Party and we, we had that for the first election 315 candidates. Uh, on 338, so that was a big achievement, and um, I'm very, uh, very happy that I took that that uh, that road. For sure. And what? Just as one last thing, if there's something you had to say to our viewers about the lockdowns, what would it be? Don't don't be afraid to speak to your uh, family, to your friends, to your colleagues about the, the lockdowns, and look at the data. We, we have a year of data right now, and, and there's no proof that these lockdowns are efficient. So, and if you have a, um, a, a representative at the municipal level or, or federal level or, or provincial level, ask, uh, ask her or him to be part of the end the lockdowns and national caucus. That can go on the website, libertycoalitioncanada.com. Uh, and register and be a member of that uh, end the lockdown national caucus. So uh, I'm saying to Canadians, don't be afraid to speak out. The more people will be on our side, uh, the faster these uh, lockdowns will end. And I think that's too important for the uh, the security of Canadians, for their health, and uh, we need to stop that. So, and if you're not sure about lockdowns, if you think that it's uh, it, it, it was helping to do this lockdown. Uh, go on the uh, 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 Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms uh, on their website, and they have a lot of uh, uh, science and facts backing their position against lockdown, because don't forget, they will have to be in court with experts, and they have testimony of experts. And so it's all on the website. You can read about that. Be informed, you know, don't buy and listen only the propaganda coming from the federal and provincial governments. Uh, do your own research. And so it's a nice place to start the uh, Justice uh, Center for Constitutional Freedoms. You can go on their website and, and look at uh, everything that they had from the expert. So help us to, uh, to be sure that uh, these lockdowns will end as soon as possible. For sure. And that was the People's Party of Canada leader, Maxime Bernier. Make sure to tune on the next episode of Conservative Roundup.